You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 224, I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen over in the UK. Hello, David. Hey, hey. My daughter's over there. She is. Yeah. In fact, she's she's been asking via you questions about places in my neck of the woods. Yep. Yep. She yeah. wants to to go to Manchester area. Sorry, I got to adjust my microphone. It was hanging low. I'm afraid she's going to be a bit disappointed. The the place she's interested in. So this is some somewhere that was she saw mentioned in a play. Um, I mean, in the play, it kind of makes out that this place is not really very interesting. Or they 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 make stuff up about this kind of concrete island to make it more interesting. But if you actually go there, it's just kind of industrial wasteland. <laughs> it's, it's about, in fact, it's the only place in that area that hasn't been developed. Everywhere else around it has all been rebuilt. And then there's this kind of one old dock in the middle that's been left as it was. So, Did you let but her know that? I, I need to drop her an email and um, let her know and invite her to come up and tell her how to get there and... Let her come and see if she wants to. She should come to Manchester anyway. It's a, it's a different place in London. It's interesting. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, she's all about exploring. You know, I'm adjusting my microphone. What the heck is going on here, David? There we go. It probably sounds like crap, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll push Col- through. Local color, I think. You know, what, you know what it is? It's my arm that holds the uh, microphone. It holds it up in the air. It's spring-loaded and all that. I think yeah. it's just wearing out. I've had it yeah. for like four years now. And they're really not designed to be used, you know, multiple times in a week for four years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the springs do go on those, and then they cause they start to get a bit of old age droop. This is a Heil one, and it's oh, yeah. it, it's it was maybe forty bucks when I bought it. I'm I'm sure they're the same price. I could probably get the, exactly the same model. It's not like, you know, like we were talking about last week, you know, technology and how it changes and all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that kind of technology probably doesn't change all that often. Speaking of yeah. speaking of talking about old technology and stuff, I had Guy Searle, the host of the MyMac podcast, on this week's OWC Radio for an interview, and uh, we really started talking about some Apple history on that episode. So, oh yeah, well, well back in real back in the day, type yeah, well, stuff. you know, the performas and the UMAXs, and yeah, it was fun. You know, I, I've got a long history with Guy Searle. And it's often difficult to interview someone that you know so well. And so it wasn't my normal interview, <laughs> but I, yeah. I tried to keep it on point. But uh, okay. it, it's difficult because I know him so well. It, it's hard to come up with those questions because, you know, I, I know the guy. He, he's, you know, it, yeah. it's difficult. But it was a great conversation. I had a, a lot of fun talking to Guy. See, I, I'm because I, I came to Apple. My interest in Apple came very late. Um, well, well, I say that compared to many of the people who kind of do tech podcasts and that sort of. A lot of them, like you, have been in interest in Apple for a very long time. Whereas, in fact, I knew very little about them before about two thousand three, two thousand four. So, uh, I, you know, that, well, that whole kind of OS nine classic era is something that. I don't understand as well. I'm interested in it, and I've played with quite a few of those machines. I, I kind of like them, you know. But um, it's different I, than I having lived through it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know. And um, any time I use something like that, I'm just kind of playing around with it. I never actually used it for real, real getting, you know, playing games or, you know, kind of. It never, never really was a big part of my computing life, and it, and it never will be because now, who would want to go back and run something that old full time? It would be, uh, it would be impossible to do. But I had an interesting experience this week when talking about using something older rather than taking the latest and greatest. Uh, and and this was this was kind of interesting to me. And when when I when I kind of totted it all up at the end, it, it kind of made me think about, you know, you plunge your head with the latest and then you, you kind of realise what it costs you. So um, my wife has a has an iPhone 5S. It's one of my old ones. And mm-hmm. it was only a 16 gig because it came through work and they never sprung for the bigger, bigger models. And um, I'd said to her, I said, so we need to get you a new phone because basically this phone is always full. Uh, she takes a lot of video and um, fills it up. So, quick. 
Yeah, a vid- lot of video, a lot of pictures. That's, that's one of the main things she uses her phone for. She's smiling now as she walks out of the room because she knows I'm talking about her. Um, and uh, so she kind of said, oh, well, maybe I'll get one of these new iPhones when it comes out. So uh, she was very excited when she heard about what they did, particularly with the rose gold, which is kind of, uh, you know, is, is very much appealed to her. So we were looking at a 64-gig iPhone success for her. Uh, and I ordered one. I placed a pre-order for one um, via. Uh, it, now in the US, you've, you've, you're kind of moving away from the subsidised contract model, but but here in the UK, we still have a lot of that. So that was the easiest way for me to get one. I didn't want to drop the, you know, eight hundred dollars worth. Um, I don't it's have expensive. that cash. Yeah, I don't have that cash to hand right now. You know, we've got to permit so it's paid for in a couple of months, and I just don't have that kind of free cash, even though I know that's the best way of doing it. So I looked at getting a contract and. Uh, and I placed an order, and it, you know it was it was I thought it was reasonable it wasn 't a lot of money up front and the the service charge on a month uh, for a two month two year contract was about forty four forty two pounds so it was about sixty sixty five dollars which I thought was pretty reasonable but i I said to her so i 've ordered this and I said over the course of the two years, the total cost is just over a thousand pounds for for two years. So about twelve hundred, fourteen hundred dollars, something like that. Um, I said that I think that's pretty good for a brand new success. She said, uh, "Oh yeah, but when you say it like that, it sounds like a hell of a lot of money." And it then is. She, says, she says, "I'm not sure I really want to spend that sort of money on a phone." You know, and I kind of said, "Well, you know, you could get an older one. You could get a, you know, but you're still going to, you know, it's still going to be quite a lot of money." Um, you know, we could get a. I said we could get a six or on the six S. But I said, you know, you'll, you'll be locked into a two-year contract. It's going to be kind of like that. And she just said, she said, forget it. I don't want to do it. Um, you know, it's too much money. Um, and so I, I cancelled the order and, and kind of left it. And then I thought about it for a bit. And I thought, well, that hasn't solved any of the problem in that she's still got a phone that's always full. I've bought her iCloud storage. I've upgraded her iCloud storage. But even so, the phone is, you know, a 16-gig phone nowadays even with the uh, optimized photo storage in iCloud, you're rarely going to have much space. So uh, I thought I've got to do something about this. So kind of I, I went browsing around eBay and I found a, a, a 32 gig 5S on eBay for less than £200. Um, in fact, she's just handed it to me because it arrived today. And it's a little bit of a clean-up, but I, I... And which one is it? A 5S. Yeah. But at 32 gig 5S. So this has double the space what she has now, and uh, you know I'll I'll we've got an um, she'll she'll give her five S to my son. He currently has a sixteen gig five. I'll trade that off as well. So this phone will cost me after I've done all that just over a hundred pounds, about one hundred fifty dollars to get her the same phone she's got now, but with double the space. And she when I when I told her I was going to do this, she said, "Oh, you know, well even then, do can we afford it and all this sort of thing?" I said, "Well, you know." Effectively, what I'm going to do is spend a tenth of what I would do if I bought you a brand new 6S. And she went, oh, well, in that case, that, that sounds perfectly fine. But then that got, got me thinking, well, that's the real difference in price between buying the latest and greatest and buying one that's a year old or two years old is a tenth of the price. Yep. You know, I mean, she, don't get me wrong, she's still got service to pay for. and But, but you know, we she's she's paying for the service already. You know, so, uh, yeah, a lot of money. A hell of a lot of money for a new phone. Well, they're not a phone. Yeah, I, I mean that's 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 yeah, kind of how you, you have to word it when I know what you, you run mean, up but, against uh, this next. Whatever time. they are, they're in the grand scheme of things, very expensive. It, they are, but when you tell her, look, this is yes, it, it's going to be expensive, but long term, it's going to be expensive. But these are the this is a, a better camera, and you're taking pictures of the kids that we're going to want for the rest of our lives. And you're going to get much better pictures. You're going to get much better video. It's going to be a bigger screen, so it's going to be a little easier for you to see it uh, as we get older. Although maybe not mention that part. Um, <laughs> it's 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 an all around better device for what you're doing on a daily I, basis. Is I it worth that price? I think so. Yeah, I completely and utterly agree. But is it is it ten times as good as a five S? Mm, the four uh, the six S? No, ten times no. But it it is three times as good. And when you're talking about photos, we'll just concentrate on that part. When you're talking yeah. about photos, and you've got young kids, I've got young kids. 
Um, I don't know. Is it worth a little bit extra money to get even better pictures of the kids that you're going to be looking at for the rest of your lives? I think so. I don't, you know, when you put it in total, I don't, I don't think it's that bad to be honest. You know, we, we all buy the best camera we can afford when we go buy a new camera. And a lot of people get stingy at that point. Now that's a, you know, an extra hundred dollars. I don't know. But think about the end result. How much better are the photos going to be with a little bit better camera? And these are your photos. This is this is your history. This is your family. So I don't know. You got to weigh those two things. To me, I, I always want the better camera because we take a ton of photos, mm. a ton of them. Uh, I wish when my older girls, one like I said earlier, is, is over in the UK right now. When they were Cole and Brooks' age, I wish I would have had a camera built into my phone. Now we had digital cameras, but they were, you know, I think the best I ever got was a five megapixel and they look okay now, but not compared to the recent photos I take. And we took a lot less photos back then too, because it was a whole different device. You didn't always have it with you when you went and did something. If you forgot your camera, well, I guess you're not taking photos, but nowadays your phone is always with you. You always have it. Thus, you always have the opportunity to take those photos and if the camera isn't great, you're not going to get great photos. So I don't know. It, it's it's a balancing act for sure. But I yeah. always want to get the best camera I can get in the iPhone. That that was one of the determining factors of going uh, six plus rather than the regular six last time. Yeah, but but given all of that, you have now have a six plus. Yep. Do you want a six S plus? Are you going to buy a six S plus? I want one. Um, but no, because it's not a significant jump from the 6 Plus to the 6S Plus. It's not so significant that I'm going to be able to see a whole lot of difference. Whereas going from my wife's 5S, and she's got a 5S just like yours, uh, to a 6S, yeah, there, there's a significant difference there. Yeah. Yeah. If I was still on a 5S, there's no question I'd be getting a 6S Plus right now. Yeah, look, look I mean, that that's kind of what I said to her. I said... You know, it's a big upgrade. It's a worthwhile upgrade. This new phone looks great. The pre-orders are all great and everything. You know, it looks like it's going to go gangbusters. Um, but when it came down to it, when I told her what the real cost was, she kind of said, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend that sort of money. So, you know. Um, yeah, next we'll time, see. don't tell her the total cost. <laughs> Just tell her the monthly cost. Say, well, yeah. the phone plus our phone service and data, all of that wrapped up is going to be about 60 pounds a month. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. And she goes, okay, got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you sabotaged it yourself by saying, oh, total. We're in the well, open. I've, I've got to be honest. Uh, I, I've got a six at the moment. Um, when Apple rolls out that, uh, that effectively, that, that lease purchase scheme they've got going now, where you, you basically you lease the phone from Apple themselves and then they upgrade you every year. Yeah, you're going to jump I'll on be, it. I'll be very tempted to jump on that because that's that's a it's a good deal all round. You yeah, know, but you got to turn in your old phone when you do that. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, but you, that means you don't actually have to, to go to the effort of selling your old phone. That's true. And you get the new phone every year. Apple takes care of that for you, um, and you're spreading the cost of the phone, but you're not being ripped off by a carrier at the same time. And it, certainly in the UK, it makes sense because here we can get very very cheap SIM only data and voice deals. Uh, far less than than wrapping it up with the with the, with the contract that 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 phone you I was talking do that about here for, too. Yeah, you know, there's, but there's it, plenty of places that you you just pay you you bring your own phone if you want to, and you're just yeah. buying a service contract mm-hmm. on a month to month basis. Oh, by the way, uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I was selling a six plus. Yeah, uh, I did sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I traded a broken iMac for it. And then I ended up selling the six plus for five hundred and seventy five bucks. Cool. And it was totally unlocked. because um, I couldn't verify it without going to a T Mobile store and trying one of their SIMs to make sure that it was unlocked. I knew it wasn't tied to any account. The phone wasn't locked. Uh so and I so I went to ATT's website here in the US and I could actually make a request to unlock your phone right on their website. Yeah. So I put my SIM card in that phone to get my EMI something number. Yeah. I put that in and made the request and literally 10 seconds later it was done, which yeah. tells me it was already unlocked. Yeah. And uh, so the guy checked it out. We met at a coffee shop. 
him and his uh, nice wife. They're a younger couple. They're very nice. Yeah. And uh, I think this phone was actually going to go to Malaysia because that's where they're from. Right. And he was talking about, you know, they wanted to make sure that it was carrier unlocked because, you know, in Malaysia. And I thought, oh, this is going to go overseas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he put an AT&T card in it. He put a T-Mobile card in it. They both worked. They both he could make phone calls. Uh, he saw that it was completely not tied to an account. Uh, Find my iPhone wasn't engaged. There's no passcode. 575 bucks cash in my hand, and uh, we both left happy. And let's be honest, that's a good price for a, a 6 Plus. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looked brand new, man. I mean, and everything was still in the box the headphones, the cables, everything. So. Yeah, good deal. Yep. So, David, I think it was last week, uh, we were talking about this rumor from Amazon that they were going to come out with a $50 tablet. Yeah. And we both thought that was probably a good idea. Mm. And here we are a week later here on TechFan, and Amazon uh, yesterday or the day before announced a whole new slew of their Fire products, which includes yeah. a forty nine ninety nine US Fire. It's a, yeah. an, an, They call it an entirely new standard for a low-cost tablet. Uh, I think I think that's completely true. Uh, I don't think you can argue with that. It's a seven-inch screen. Yeah. We were talking maybe a six-inch screen, I think. But this exactly, is a seven-inch yeah. screen, so it's bigger. It comes with uh, eight gigs of storage, but you can add, unlike Apple's products, you can add in uh, 128 gigabyte of additional storage with a micro SD card. And I think this is the first time that Amazon have done this on the Kindles. So I don't uh, have it on it. I've got the latest Kindle up until now. Uh, the Fire, the 8-inch, and yeah. no, there's no expansion yeah. slot in it. So, uh, uh, yeah, $50. Now, here in the UK, it's £50, which is quite cheaper. a fair bit more than 50 No, it's a fair bit more than No, $50. I mean cheaper here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is this is a very, very interesting deal. I think they're going to... I think this thing's going to be always out of stock because I think they're going to sell them as fast as they can make them. The, the reason is, is, look, if you look around, you can find cheap Android tablets for that sort of money that are sourced directly from China. Um, the economies of scale have gone down to the point where you can do that now. But you're getting variable quality there. You're not getting decent screens. This has an IPS screen, uh, and IPS is that is what gives you that kind of sharp, glossy, yep. decent-to-look-at screen with decent viewing angles, which really is with something which is obviously going to be mainly used for watching video, you'd imagine. Uh, it's going to be pretty important. Wow, you know, I just scrolled down to the bottom of their page. Yeah. If you buy five, they'll give you one free. Exactly. And and that... That's pretty you, awesome. You could, for 250 bucks US, you could buy five tablets. You, actually, you'll get six tablets. I mean... They they actually say, I mean, they, apparently at the, pre, at the press release for this, they, they kind of said, well, you, what you could do is you could have one for every member of your family, and then you could have one you leave in the living room for uh, for shopping and maybe controlling stuff, stuff on your TV, and then maybe have one in the car for when the kids travel. Uh, you know, that that's kind of... They, they're thinking these things are, are, are virtually disposable. Absolutely. Well, think about it. $250... <laughs> I could leave one in the bathroom, one by my bed. I can let each one of my younger kids have one, and I still have two more. Yeah. I know my yeah. wife doesn't want to fire because she's got an iPad and her iPhone, but I'd, I'd still have two more. And, and this uh, is still cheaper than the base model iPad. Yeah. Uh, well, and cheaper than the iPad mini, and it's around about the equivalent size. Now, it has a much lower resolution screen. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this you is, get this a whole is, bunch of them. And, I think this is the compromise they made, and I think it's a very smart compromise because resolution is one of those things that you notice it when you've had high resolution, you go back to low resolution, but if you've never seen or you you don't regularly use high-resolution screens, you don't really notice the difference, particularly if you're doing video and and that sort of thing. And so, so I think that's a smart compromise to make. I think the choices they made in this are very, very interesting. The adding SD to it so you can expand the storage, they're obviously thinking, well, this isn't necessarily going to be all about cloud. Uh, and obviously, it's, uh, Amazon Prime now allows you to download video. So 
it, it makes sense to have storage on the device, and obviously they don't want to pay for the storage in, in the manufacturing costs. They're, they're obviously driving the economies of scale out of the Chinese manufacturers. They've, they've seemed to have made the right choices. Obviously, we haven't seen these devices yet, but they made the right choices in terms of the technical choices they've made. It has a fairly decent processor in it, a fairly good size screen, and as I said before, the IPS screen. Um, it also has some interesting services that kind of are the sort of things that Amazon, only Amazon or, or Apple or somebody could do. For instance, what it does is, um, it because it's tied to your Amazon Prime account, you have an Amazon Prime account, uh, and you have the Amazon Instant Video streaming with that. What it does is it looks at your viewing history, and it actually preloads content onto the device for you. Yeah. So if you're going on a trip somewhere, you there's a good chance, if you just fire it up, it will have stuff already downloaded to the device that you probably want to watch they've done that um with apps and stuff in the past too and books yeah. because every fire i've or every kindle i've got has already had stuff on it and tied yeah. to my account already yeah so that that's that's really that's kind of clever those are the sort of features that um appeal to people you know they're not necessarily particularly technically amazing but they appeal to people you know the idea that you can uh, that you can have, you can pick up a device and not have to worry about necessarily load preloading with stuff before you go on a trip is is a great idea and and of course you can load your own stuff at any time and it will delete the preloaded stuff automatically if if, if you need the space so I I think it's it's a clever idea to go so low end I think uh, so I think they're I mean all of the they've also got an eight inch uh, a ten inch they're all very reasonably priced yeah the Fire <laughs> HD eight which is the same as this but with a better screen. Is one forty nine? Honestly, David, I, I would go with the fifty dollar one over the hundred fifty dollar yeah. one. Yeah, I would too. Uh, they also do a a, a a kids one that actually is basically the 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 fifty dollar one in a special rubberized case uh, and with insurance, so that if you ever break it, if your child ever breaks it, they just swap it out for you. <laughs> and as many times and you that's want. A, it's twice the price though. Yeah, but uh, no, it's it's two year guarantee. Yeah. So if yeah. you can get your kid to break one once a year, you might as well just buy the $50 one, two yeah. of them. When they break yeah. it, hand them the next one. I know. I, know. I, I think it's it's the sort of stuff that only Amazon does because it's it's so kind of bold. You you kind of think they're a little bit crazy. Um, what's interesting is is what I think – I wonder what this is going to do to their Kindle reader market. Uh, it's two separate things. It really is two separate things, David. I know, but uh, but it's cheaper than a than a Kindle reader, and it plays video and does email the internet as well. I suspect a lot of people who maybe buy Kindles at the moment for particularly for family members, thinking, "Oh, they'll do a bit of reading and everything." Will now buy one of these instead. I, I wonder. Um, yeah. But if I'm look, I'm a hardcore reader myself, but I haven't been using my Kindle because the one that I like is the Kindle White, and my daughter Brooke has been using that one. Mm-hmm. A lot, and yeah. I, it's pretty much hers at this point, to be honest. Yeah, I do have the brand new cheap Kindle, but I never use it because it's not backlit. I should probably yeah. just get rid of it, to be honest. And I've got you know the first generation and the last generation, not this one, the last generation Kindle Fires HDs. Yeah, I don't use any of them to read. I, I still use it my iPad or my iPhone. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. You know, I was thinking if you're a hardcore reader, you do want the regular Kindle because it's so much easier on your eyes to read. But, I don't know. I mean, that, at fi- 50 bucks, 50 pounds. I mean, I, it's hard I, to I mean that. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I mean, it is, it's for a lot of people, and I don't want to be elitist about this, but for a lot of people, that's that's pretty much almost disposable income type, pocket money type uh, thing. I mean, even a, even a kid, even a kid could, could you know mow a few lawns and uh, and you know do a few chores and stuff, and, and rapidly generate enough money to buy one of those for themselves. So um, it's so affordable um, that uh, unless the thing had really had some sort of fatal flaw, I think they're going to make a killing with these. Well. I say they're making it. They're not going to make you money, any money on these. I'm no, sure this is this is a, a delivery mechanism for their content to become a prime member, and that's where they make the money. And you know what? There's worse business strategies out there. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm I, really I, impressed I, I, with I, it. Are you going to buy one? No, I don't need one. I mean, I've already got two fires. 
Yeah. We, we've I've got two regular Kindles. I've got an iPad, an iPad three, an iPad uh, Air two, an iPhone six plus. Every iPhone. Yeah. I mean, I, there's no place that this fits into my life. Yeah. There's just not. But as a gift, I don't know, a $50 gift. Here, Here's an iPad yeah. or here's a, a Kindle. It, to me, it, it comes down to at this point in time, when it comes to tablets, there's only two choices, a Kindle or an iPad. That's it. Nobody yeah. else matters anymore. And look, we're we're giving this a lot of, oh, wow, $50. There's already been $50 tablets out there. The difference is... This is from Amazon. And I think that yeah. makes the difference. You know, you go out there and buy a, cre- a, a cheap Korean or a Chinese knockoff, and something happens to it, you know, six weeks after you buy it, well, you're pretty much stuck with it. You go yeah. and buy a Kindle. You know how I, you know how I spoke about... <laughs> Sorry, excuse me a moment. This morning about the about the Lion King two. That was fun. <laughs> I wonder if David's going to ask us to edit that part out. I hope not, because you know, David and I do have young kids, and I think it's uh, important to kind of showcase that. She wants to know when she's getting her Kindle Fire. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to watch The Lion King 2 on it. Yeah. So, if you buy a cheapy one <clears throat> with a Snapdragon processor and a cheap screen and it breaks in six weeks, well, it, it's broken and you just have to go buy a new one. Because who are you going to return it to? Yeah. With Amazon's reputation when it comes to returns... It's they're amazing. Yeah. So if you buy this fifty dollar one and it breaks in six weeks, you know you just have to send uh, fill out the form on Amazon and they're going to give you another one. That's well, no, that's, no questions yeah. asked. You're getting a warranty. You're getting a proper developed and supported OS. Yep. This I mean this even has the Mayday system on it, so you know you can call Amazon through the tablet if you need assistance with anything it doesn't work the same as it used to it doesn't have the video interaction anymore they just call you over the phone but nevertheless you you're getting access to not only the ecosystem but you're getting access to Amazon's customer service which i think even the most uh, ardent critics of Amazon would would recognize is 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 pretty much among world the best class. in the world yeah world class absolutely yeah. yeah i think it's better than apples to be honest oh yeah yeah so $50. I mean, I think it's better than what we were imagining just a week ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. They also released uh, their Fire TV products. They have, again, the Fire TV stick for $50. And that's a little bit more than it was before, if I'm not mistaken. But it comes with yeah. a remote now. But essentially, it's it's an updated software on it, which is going to be pushed out to the older models as well that you and I have. Um, mm-hmm. But... Fifty bucks. That's that's a, a really good price for a really good product. We both like the Fire TV stick. Yeah. As well as the Fire TV, which supports up to 4K now, for ninety nine dollars. Now that is aimed directly at the low cost Apple TV, except this will already run apps, whereas the low cost fifty dollar Apple TV or seventy dollar Apple TV does not run apps, and it's not going to in the okay. future either. And you know what? Here's the thing, David. If someone asked me which one to get, get the Fire TV stick. It's it's half the cost, and it's really designed for video, just like the Fire TV $100 one. It's not going to have 4K, but almost <laughs> nobody has 4K anyway, so who cares? Who has 4K, yeah, right. exactly. Now, five years from now or three years from now, sure, maybe 4K is going to be important, but it's save the money now. You, you don't need the Fire TV. However... If you're a gamer, this new one that they just came out with, the Fire TV Gaming Edition for $140, $139.99, that's kind of intriguing to me, David. They they uh, redesigned the controller. It's kind of like an Xbox controller now. They say it's much more precise. uh, It fits in your hand a lot better. It feels like a quality product. And you can play games on your Fire TV now with this controller. That's an intriguing one. The only thing I can see is that I don't think it comes with a regular remote, just the game controller, which is 
kind of odd. Yeah, I, I think the idea is is you that's aimed at somebody who's who's you know kind of a, a kid or somebody who's into gaming who's going to use the controller as the remote. It actually has the microphone input and everything built into that as well. So yeah. the idea is the remote is the controller and and vice versa. It looks just um, like except. The placement of the one of the the left analog stick. It looks just like the Steel Series uh, Bluetooth controller MiFi one that we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this is this is clearly a yeah. They they are taking aim at, at the revised upper end Apple TV with this product. Uh, and uh, look, they're coming in. The uh, the Apple TV is one hundred fifty dollars, and it doesn't have a controller. Um, and this is less than that, and it does. So that's that's where they're aiming at. But really, I think the battleground for those devices is about the software. And I I don't know enough about um, Amazon's um, app portfolio to know whether, in terms of the games you can play on it, it really is competitive with with what we're going to see from the Apple TV. Um, I, I mean, I'm still concerned about the new Apple TV in that, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, oh, it's just going to be um, Apple TV stuff. with, yeah, casual stuff, iOS stuff bolted on. And really, I thought if they wanted to, to make a big splash in the gaming market, they needed to have some exclusive content, some port of some console quality titles down to it rather than just uh, porting iOS apps to it. Because, you know, much as I love games on my uh on my uh, iPad, and uh, I think there's some phenomenal software for the iPad. Um, it's it, very, very little of that content is really true console quality, uh, and I think you do have to have you be approaching console quality if you want to compete with the consoles, even though they're much more expensive. Well, we'll find out, you know, six months from now where everyone stands, and and. I'll be honest with you. I kind of want this new uh, gaming system from Amazon, but I'm a I'm a gamer, so that's probably yeah. not surprising. And I'm totally getting the new Apple TV, the two hundred dollar one. Yeah, no, me, no question in my mind that's yeah. I'm going to get that. Yeah, me too. But again, it's because you know we're in that Apple ecosystem. And, well, but uh, we're also in the Amazon ecosystem. We say that, but we're both Prime members. We both have Kindles. We both have Fire TV sticks. We order from Amazon all the time. We talk about them quite a bit. We're we're in that camp as as much as we are Apple, I would think. We are, but I I, I think it's fair to certainly for, for myself. It's fair to say that I'm when it comes to buying apps and software, I'm much more comfortable with Apple stuff than I am with yeah, Amazon. Yeah, I, I haven't bought hardly any apps from Apple uh, Amazon. And, and and I'm really I'm really counting on the fact that um you know bearing in my <laughs> bearing in mind what I just said is. Is I wish there was more exclusive Apple TV only gaming content for this new device. Yeah. Um, I am expecting a lot of the things I've already paid for and bought to be ported to the Apple TV, and I'm expecting to be able to, um, at the very least, play my game saves and that sort of thing through it. And, right. and Apple's already said that that's that's definitely going to happen. If that, uh, if and, there's and, an app yeah. on the iPad that they also make for the Apple TV, you get it there for free, and right, because so, it's connected yeah. to Game Center and iCloud. You can save your games there automatically. It just does it. And you can pick up right where you left off on the Apple TV. So that's absolutely going to happen. And as an ecosystem goes, as a gaming ecosystem, I think that's very important. I mean, that's something that both Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo completely drop the ball on every single time they come out with a new console. Now, Microsoft's big thing that they just came out with a couple weeks ago was... Uh, it's a couple months ago now, was you're going to finally be able to play 360 games on your Xbox One. But guess what? You can't bring any of those game saves over. No. And who who no. wants to start from the very beginning of a game that you've already played through and won? Yeah, and, and, and even with that, I mean, we talked... We talked a while back, probably over a year ago now, about the crazy way you have to migrate stuff from uh, one Nintendo Wii U to uh, from the Wii to the Wii U, yeah. you, there was this there was this whole long convoluted process involving swapping cards and entering commands and waiting hours and all this sort of thing. And again, it, it's just are, are you mad? <laughs> this should be the easiest thing in the world, and you've made it incredibly, incredibly difficult. I, I had a I hadn't actually had an experience with Nintendo. I bought a 2DS a few weeks ago yep. uh, second hand off uh, off eBay because that's how I roll um, because and we, we've talked before about how much we love Nintendo's core property and content and how great those games are absolutely uh, and I've never played um, I've never had a, even a, um, a DS 
So I've never played a lot of those games. Most of them, the ones I have played, we played on my son's Wii back in the day. We don't really use that anymore. Um, so you know, some of the later Mario Kart and um, and the Mario platformer games, I thought I really would like to play when I'm traveling and that sort of thing. So I thought I'd pick up a secondhand 2DS so that I could play them. When I received this 2DS, it was well, actually... Well, you talked about this last week, that you had to send it into to them. That's right. So I, I did, and I finally got it back, but it was such pain yep. um, having to, to get this unlocked. Well, um, no one's ever complimented Nintendo on their customer service. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, they, I, I said they, I thought they'd lost it. They actually found it. But only after I kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. Um, and uh, But they, they didn't replace it with the new one. They just sent me the original one back. So, well, um, still, but it's, I know you were it, hoping... Yeah, but it, it well, it doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with the one I have, but um, it's uh, you know it's it's sorted now. But it, it was kind of crazy that I had to send it back in to get that taken away. Well, let's take a quick break, David, and uh, we'll be right back to talk about Pluto. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchard, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month, I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos, regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. And we are back here on Tech Fan Podcast. We'd love to get feedback from you. Real easy to do. Simply send an email to the show at techfanpodcast.com. And uh, David and I will read your email right here on Tech Fan. You can also go to our website, techfanpodcast.com, and leave a message there. And, of course, if you're so inclined to do, leave us a review up on the uh, iTunes listing for the show, and we'd be forever grateful. So, David, you know, I am a space nut insofar as I've done no research. (laughs) (laughs) I, I only cursory look at stuff online. Um, because yeah, let's be honest, I've got a lot of other interests too, but I love space. I always have. And new photos came in of Pluto from the new horizons probe that NASA launched. And I have to say, these photos are just breathtaking. I wish they were in color. They're not, they're all monochrome, but wow. Some of these shots are just amazing. Look, Pluto is so far away from the sun, um, and its moon is so small that it's not it's not going to generate any kind of uh, uh, disturbances on the surface of Pluto. It doesn't have enough well, the, gravity. The, this is the thing. I mean, there's a lot of controversy a few years ago when when Pluto was effectively demoted from being the ninth planet in the solar system to what's called the dwarf planet, right? Um, because it turns out there's there's plenty of objects out that far that are kind of the same sort of size. So, but the, the thing is, you hear, oh, it's not a planet anymore. You kind of imagine it's going to look like an asteroid, a lump of rock, and then you see this picture and you think, hell, this this thing looks like a planet. It, it's round. It, it, you know, it has an atmosphere and it's got mountains. Te- yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. I think. Um, a lot of people expected that because Pluto is so far away from the sun, it gets so little light, it's so cold there, that effectively this would just be a boring frozen hunk of rock. Yep. And uh, turns out, no, 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 not at all. It has an atmosphere, it has uh, glaciers. The glaciers that, bizarrely, because it's so cold there, probably made a frozen nitrogen rather than water, yep. which uh, kind of boggles the mind, but, but there you go. But the thing is, it turns out that the sorts of processes you see here on Earth, erosion, mountains being formed, glaciers, uh, glaciation Eruptions. scraping away the surface, all of that sort of stuff happens out there. It just happens differently. Um, and, yeah, this these photos really are quite stunning. The reason, by the way, that the photos are all monochrome is because it's so dark out there. It's a thousand times less light than, than there is here. Right. That they needed a very wide spectrum camera and these with very, very long exposure times to get these um, these images. Uh, so even though it, these, these images look quite bright, that's that's not what you would really see if you were there. Um, and um, because of that as well, they didn't want to do colour filters. It made the camera um, easier to build and lighter, which was important for set, getting a probe out that way. So, um, and you got to remember what the camera technology yeah. was when this thing was launched. Exactly. Well, uh, when I, when yeah. was New Horizons launched? 
I think it's about eight, uh, no, probably 15 years ago, maybe something like that. It's, um, you know... I'm looking it up right now. It's a long way away, and um, getting a probe all that way out there uh, and then getting it working once it arrives is a completely non-trivial task. <laughs> I mean, Launch this, information. Yeah, it's an amazing, um, amazing mission, really. It launched in 2006. Okay, so... Uh, the year before the yeah. original iPhone came out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, 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 and that's when it launched. So the camera was probably designed in 2002. Or, or maybe even earlier. Yeah. yeah. So for the, you know, we are talking just a little while ago on this show, camera technology and how important it is in our everyday lives. And yeah. yet here's very old technology and it's, it's capturing just inspiring photos. That's probably the best way I can describe it. It's inspiring. Uh, the close-up of of the uh, Norgay Montese, it's just, it's breathtaking. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and, and think about yeah. this, David. As a species, we've launched spacecraft, spaceships, that's exploring other planets at this point. I mean, yeah. we've been doing it for a while, but I, I think too many people kind of take that for granted. We're looking at pictures from other planets in our solar system yeah so far away that it takes nine years to get there it's amazing uh, uh, and we, yeah we have the i mean the, the 70s voyager spacecraft have now effectively left the solar system they are yeah. they're actually in interstellar space and it's uh it is incredible but it also um humbles you because it makes you realize how in, i mean we see you know we watch tv shows all the time where spaceships go from planet to galaxy to whatever uh, you know in the in the blink of a of a scriptwriter's pen and yeah it just makes you realize how incredibly far away these places are yeah um that it takes even a spacecraft moving at hundreds of kilometers per second which is an immense speed i mean you know i mean it it really is mind-boggling speed and yet even at that speed it takes years and years and years to get to these places and and, and new horizons what's interesting about it, it wasn't able to slow down I mean, it basically had to take these pictures as it went past because it has no fuel, no rockets, nothing to, that can actually put it into orbit around Pluto. It has to basically snap these pictures as it races by and then it's going to keep going to, I don't know what they're going to do with it next, whether it's going to encounter anything else before it leaves the solar system. Well, think about this. The math that NASA had to do to get this close, to get these pictures... And they launched this thing with no control over it once it's launched nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, this is not a large spacecraft either. No. It's about the about size the of size. a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really is, uh, they're, they're launching a something that's so insignificantly small on a galactic scale. And, and yeah. they're buzzing a planet nine years later. It's amazing. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Pluto's orbit is so slow around the sun that they know exactly where it would be. But still, it's it, it's 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 mind-boggling. It really is, and yeah, I hope, hope people don't real real achievement. Yeah, absolutely. Achievement. Is it as big as landing on the moon? No, but it just it furthers what we're doing in space, and I am totally in favor of as much. space space exploration as possible because so many good things come from it not the least of which is how we as a species feel about that and you know yes there are, are there more important things that we could be spending our money on helping you know disease and and countries that are starving to death and, and genocide and yes absolutely those things are all more important but that doesn't mean that exploring space and and kind of furthering our species isn't important as well. Yeah, and and um, let's face it in the in the in the scheme of what we've spent on space oh, exploration, this these these yeah these probe missions are, are peanuts. They really yeah. are, uh, and the the they are, they're tremendously good value because the data they deliver for what we have to spend on them really is. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love. I love the moon landings. I love the prospect of us maybe one day going to Mars and all of that. But, um, you know, the, the exploration we get, the bang for buck of these probe missions really is something else. It is. So yeah. impressive. 
So last thing before we wrap up this uh, episode of Tech Fan, probably the biggest thing uh, for David and I was the release of, and probably you as well, was the release of iOS 9. Mm. And this is a big deal. This was the uh, the new operating system from Apple for all the current, and going all the way back to uh, the 4S. The 4S can be upgraded to iOS 9. That's kind of impressive, David. This is That's not it, a new machine, a new phone. <laughs> that's Yeah. I don't um, see Google supporting anything that old, do you? Or anybody no, uh, else. I, I, I don't I don't know how well it runs on a 4s, but um, I downloaded it, but I haven't installed it on uh, the kids' 4s yet because yeah. they use it all the time, and I'm like, I don't think I really want to to mess up what they're doing because it's such a pain to try to get it back to where it was. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte's got an iPad too, uh, and I probably will put it on there because I suspect uh, I left it on iOS uh, six. I'd uh, probably sorry, leave it there. Seven. Yeah, no, no, it's on iOS seven. Sorry, I I didn't move it to eight because there was there was apparently a quite a performance drop. Yep. Um, but and and at the time when iOS eight was out, uh, there was an awful lot of apps that would still run on iOS seven. I suspect now iOS nine is out, then a lot of them will come along and will only be iOS eight or better. So I probably will upgrade it at some point to iOS nine. But um, just the fact that you get features and you get support um, on on things that are four or five years old is is pretty cool, really. It is. So what's your uh, experience with upgrading your devices, or have you? Well, yeah, I've upgraded. In fact, I've got four devices I've upgraded so far. Um, my wife's um, iPhone 5S that I mentioned before, uh, my own 6, and then and then I have two iPads. I have a, an iPad Mini 2 and an iPad Air 2. So I upgraded those as well. I was particularly interested to see what it was like on the iPads, because obviously it has these multitasking features on an iPad that it doesn't have the phones um, and um, I was talking last week in reference to the iPad Pro about doing work on an iPad and sometimes how really it takes you much longer than, than it would do on a PC or a, or a Mac some of the changes they've made really have kind of improved that the uh, the way you select text and copy and paste text now on an iPad is much much improved because they have this you put two fingers down on the keyboard and it turns into effectively like a cursor trackpad. Yep. Um, and that is uh, that makes copy and pasting and, uh, really much easier. And then, of course, you've got the multitasking as well. You can slide another app in from the side. Um, you know, it really is quite quite a big performance boost. And in the context of this, the iPad Pro makes a little bit more sense to me now because I kind of, kind of see where they're trying to head with it. Um so that's all cool, and I'm looking forward to playing around with that a little bit more. Um, on the phone, I, the the new font is is very nice. Uh, I mean, it, you can you notice it straight away. Even people I, I, I who I've seen doing the upgrade who aren't particularly interested or technical have kind of said to me, "Oh, the, you know, it looks slightly different. It looks slightly better. What have they done to it?" And I said, "Well, it's a new font." Um, so that that's all cool. The process of upgrading it was much easier because the uh, size of the upgrade this year is much lower than it was last year. Last year it was about three and a half gigabytes, which was insane. Uh, this year it's around about a gigabyte, so I've not had a device yet. Even these 16 gig devices I've talked about, I've not had a device I've not been able to install it on. Um, and so far it seems to be relatively bug-free. I've not noticed any major gotchas. No, this is uh same thing with me. I upgraded my wife's 5S, my 6 plus and my ipad air 2 and butter butter yeah. i've only played cursory played with the split screen view on the ipad air 2 mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i gotta play with it more well so last night i was um and we have to I wrap this up with... real soon because my laptop if you can't hear it david is starting to get very hot uh, right okay yeah it's, it's probably jealous of ios 9 yeah, and all the coolness it's, cool it's wanting 10 11 yeah <laughs> um, yeah, I noticed um, last night I was playing a word game. We were we were kind of uh, just before we went to sleep last night. I was playing a word game on my iPad, and um, my wife asked me a question about something she just heard on the TV, and I just slid uh, uh, Safari from the side and Googled it straight away, uh, and and then went back to my game afterwards. And I thought, you know, that that's really it's it's a it's a minor thing and you think oh well you know big deal but but actually not coming out of what i was doing to be able to look something up and then go back to it again 
uh, on the iPad really was a massive improvement over things you've done before. I think it's going to be something that um, over time you're going to kind of be frustrated you can't do it on the iPhone because, yeah, it's it's such a nice little feature. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm looking forward to playing with it more. I, you know, here's the thing. I had to go and look up again what was new about iOS 9 because I forgot, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, One thing I want to ask you, though. Yeah. Do you have, yeah, with your upgrade, have you had? Have you got Apple News on there? Because I don't have it here, and I wonder whether yeah. it's, uh, you've got it. So it must be not available in the UK yet. I would imagine. Yeah, I know it's here. Uh, I went in and added up. You know, I like Flipboard better because Flipboard will connect to my iTunes or my uh, Facebook and Twitter account. So I can see what's important to my circle of friends rather than this curated stuff that Apple's presenting. You can add in your own sites, but you can't add in your social sites. Right. Um, and I and I do think that the Flipboard app looks better and it works better. So it, this is Flipboard where they were when they first started and they've moved beyond that. Apple is yeah. just getting into this game and it's not as good. Mm. But um, I'm really loving having... Um Contact blockers on my uh, on my on my iOS devices now because it really does make a difference how Safari runs. Yeah. So uh, I'm using um, I'm using one from Marco Arment. It basically uses the same database as Ghostry does on the on the Mac. Um, so it blocks all the trackers and that sort of thing. I'm, I can live with the ads. It's the tracking and the pop up stuff that I don't want to see, uh, and it blocks all of that. And um, yeah, some there are some sites now which are, are readable again, which is nice. <laughs> So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan before my uh, laptop melts down here. I don't know why it's been getting so hot lately. Never had a problem the last couple of weeks. It's just... I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure El Capitan will fix it. Absolutely. Uh, I do think that it's... Uh, I think there's something wrong in the, in the OS somewhere. There's some kind of a yeah. corruption or something. and uh, Because I never had this problem before. so And I haven't yeah. done anything different could be time to do a, a, a clean build and then maybe a restore from backup yeah something all right so i'll see you in a week david speak to you then bye